Prefatory and Chapter One of English as She Is Wrote. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. English as She Is Wrote Showing Curious Ways in Which the English Language May Be Made to Convey Ideas or Obscure Them. By Anonymous. Prefatory. Anybody, said an astute lawyer, addressing the jury to whom the opposing counsel had reflected upon inaccuracies in the spelling of his brief, anybody can write English correctly, but surely a man may be allowed to spell a word in two or three different ways if he likes. This was a claim for independence of action, which so commended itself to the jury that it won a verdict for his client. The same plea may be considered in regard to the truly wonderful way in which the mother tongue is often written, by the educated sometimes as well as by the uneducated. A man, it may be urged, has a right to spell as he chooses, and to express his ideas, when he has any, as best he can, while, when he suffers from a dearth of those rare articles, he has still more reason to rejoice in liberty of choice in respect to the language he selects to cover his poverty of thought. Hence there are doubtless good and sufficient reasons for every specimen of English as she is wrote, which it is the object of this little book to rescue from oblivion, and which have, one and all, been written with the sober conviction, upon the part of the writers, that they accurately conveyed the meaning they desired. Intentionally humorous efforts have been carefully excluded, and the interest of the collection consists in the spontaneity of expression, and in the fact that it offers fair samples of the possibilities which lie hidden in the orthography and construction of our language. Let it be remembered, then, that anybody can write English as she should be wrote, and hence that a certain meed of admiration is due to those who, exercising their right of independent action, succeed in making it at once original and racy, and in conveying, without the least effort, meanings totally opposed to their intention, affording thereby admirable examples of English as she is wrote by thousands. CHAPTER One, BY THE INACCURATE In the account of an inaugural ceremony, it is asserted that, quote, the procession was very fine, and nearly two miles long, as was also the report of Dr. Perry, the chaplain. A western paper says, quote, A child was run over by a wagon three years old, and cross-eyed, with pantalets on, which never spoke afterward. Here is some descriptive evidence of personal peculiarities. A fellow was arrested with short hair. I saw a man digging a well with a Roman nose. A house was built by a mason of brown stone. Wanted, a room by two gentlemen thirty feet long and twenty feet wide. A man from Africa called to pay his compliments, tall and dark complexioned. I perceived that it had been scoured with half an eye. A sea captain once asserted that his, quote, vessel was beautifully painted with a tall mast, end quote. In an account of travels, we are assured that, quote, a pearl was found by a sailor in a shell, 
End quote. A bill presented to a farmer ran thus, quote, To hanging two barn doors and myself, four shillings, six pence. End quote. A storekeeper assures his customers that, quote, the longest time and easiest terms are given by any other house in the city. End quote. Here is a curious evidence of philanthropy. Quote, a wealthy gentleman will adopt a little boy with a small family. End quote. A parochial report states that quote, the town farmhouse and almshouse have been carried on the past year to our reasonable satisfaction, especially the almshouse, at which there have been an unusual amount of sickness and three deaths. End quote. A Kansas paper thus ends a marriage notice, quote, The couple left for the east on the night train where they will reside, end quote. In the account of a shipwreck, we find the following, quote, The captain swam ashore, so did the chambermaid. She was insured for a large sum and loaded with pig iron, end quote. A notice at the entrance to a bridge asserts that, quote, any person driving over this bridge in a faster pace than a walk shall, if a white person, be fined five dollars, and if a negro receive twenty-five lashes, half the penalty to be bestowed on the informer. The following notice appeared on the west end of a country meeting house. Quote, Anybody sticking bills against this church will be prosecuted according to law or any other nuisance. End quote. A gushing but ungrammatical editor says, quote, We have received a basket of fine grapes from our friend Blank, for which he will please accept our compliments, some of which are nearly one inch in diameter. End quote. On the panel under the letter receiver of the General Post Office, Dublin, these words are printed quote, Post here letters too late for the next mail. End quote. An Ohio farmer is said to have the following warning posted conspicuously on his premises. Quote, if any man's or woman's cows or oxen gets in this here oats, his or her tail will be cut off as the case may be. End quote. A lady desired to communicate by electricity to her husband in the city the size of an illuminated text which she had promised for the Sunday school room. When the order reached him, it read, quote, Unto us a child is born, nine feet long by two feet wide. End quote. A farmer who wished to enter some of his livestock at an agricultural exhibition, in the innocence of his heart, but with more truth in his words than he dreamed of, wrote to the committee saying, quote, Enter me for one jackass. End quote. An Irishman complained to his physician that, quote, he stuffed him so much with drugs that he was ill a long time after he got well, end quote. A correspondent of a New York paper described Mr. C.'s journey to Washington to attend, quote, the dying bedside of his mother, end quote. A dealer in engravings announced, quote, Scotland forever, a cavalry charge after Elizabeth Thompson Butler just published. End quote. A Western paper says that quote, a fine new schoolhouse has just been finished in that town 
capable of accommodating three hundred students four stories high. End quote. A coroner's verdict read thus quote, The deceased came to his death by excessive drinking, producing apoplexy in the minds of the jury. End quote. An old edition of Morse's Geography declares that quote, Albany has four hundred dwelling houses and twenty four hundred inhabitants all standing with their gable ends to the street. End quote. A member of a school committee writes, quote, We have two schoolrooms sufficiently large to accommodate 300 pupils, one above the other. End quote. A Harrisburg paper, answering a correspondent on a question of etiquette, says, quote, When a gentleman and lady are walking upon the street, the lady should walk inside of the gentleman. End quote. A clergyman writes, quote, A young woman died in my neighborhood yesterday while I was preaching the gospel in a beastly state of intoxication. End quote. A certain friendly society, which was also a sort of mutual insurance organization, had this among its printed notices to the members quote, In the event of your death, you are requested to bring your book, policy, and certificate at once to Mr. Blank when your claims will have immediate attention. End quote. A New York paper describing a funeral in Jersey City says, quote, At the ferry, four friends of the deceased took possession of the carriage and followed the remains to Evergreen Cemetery, where they were quietly interred in a new lot without service or ceremony. End quote. The devotion of the friends of the deceased was certainly remarkable, but one cannot help wondering what became of the remains. A newspaper gives an account of a man who, quote, was driving an old ox when he became angry and kicked him, hitting his jawbone with such force as to break his leg. Quote, we have been fairly wild ever since we read the paper, writes a contemporary, to know who or which got angry at whom or what, and if the ox kicked the man's jaw with such force as to break the ox's leg or how it is. Or did the man kick the ox in the jawbone with such force as to break the ox's leg, and if so, which leg? It's one of those things which no man can find out, save only the man who kicked, or was being kicked, as the case may be. End quote. One of Sir Boyle Roche's invitations to an Irish nobleman was rather equivocal. He wrote, quote, I hope, my lord, if you ever come within a mile of my house, you will stay there all night. End quote. A German tourist expresses himself in regard to his Scottish experiences as follows quote, A person angry says today that he was from the theatre gallery spit upon. Very fine. I also was spit upon. Not on the dress, but into the eye straight it came with strong force while I look up angry to the gallery. Before I come to your country, I worship the Scotland of my books, my Waverley novel, you know, but now I dwell here since six months, in all parts the picture change. I now know of the bad smell, the oath and curse of God's name, the whiskey drink, and the rudeness. You have much money here, but you want what money cannot buy, heart cultivating that makes respect for gentle things. Oh, to be spit in the eye in one half million of peopled town! Let me no longer be in this cold country, 
where people push in the street, blow the nose with naked finger, empty the dish at the house door, choose the clergy from the lower classes, and then go with them to death for an ecclesiastical theory which none of them can understand. I go home three days' time. End quote. There is more in this than grotesque English, however. It abounds with good sense and penetration. The following is a pattern piece of modern style, sanctioned by an English board of trade and drawn up by an eminent authority. Quote, Tickets are nipped at the barriers, and passengers admitted to the platforms will have to be delivered up to the company in event of the holders subsequently retiring from the platforms without traveling, and cannot be recognized for readmission. A college professor, describing the effect of the wind in some western forests, wrote, quote, In traveling along the road, I even sometimes found the logs bound and twisted together to such an extent that a mule couldn't climb over them, so I went round. End quote. A mayor in a university town issued the following proclamation. Quote, Whereas a multiplicity of dangers are often incurred by damage of outrageous accidents by fire, we whose names are undersigned have thought proper that the benefit of an engine bought by us for the better extinguishing of which, by the accidents of Almighty God, may unto us happen to make a rate together benevolence for the better propagating such useful instruments. End, quote. End of Prefatory and Chapter 1 Recording by Tricia G.